Hello, people of the internet. My name's Isaiah. And my name is Matt. And welcome back to the bi-weekly episode of the Mildly Ignorant <laughs> Podcast. Because Woo! this epi- this this show is supposed to be weekly, but it's it's, lo- it's looking like it's going to be bi-weekly at this point, boys. I mean, maybe until things start to pick up, but nothing has still happened. <sighs> and we have no excuse for missing last week. I think we... Well, I just, we just got forgot. jumbled. I got jumbled in my days of the week. Yeah, I remember like Thursday, Friday like, at one point, I was like, oh, we should do the pod. And then I just like slipped my mind and was gone forever. Because like even last week, I was almost like late to a birthday party because I could completely, like I didn't forget about it, but like I was messed up on my days of the week and I thought we were like Wednesday, but it was but we were actually Thursday and I was like all screwed up. And I think that's what happened with the pod. I was like, oh, I have time. Oh, I have time. I have time. But like. It was Monday, and I'm like, oh, I have time. <laughs> and it's like fucking when the episode's, episode's supposed to go up. Yeah. But yeah, um, maybe we're just old now. Old and washed up and I mean, on I early <laughs> early onset um, memory uh, loss. Uh, I was going to say autism. <laughs> we wouldn't forget if we had autism. True. We would, <laughs> we would have an empire by now. Let's be real. <laughs> so... Maybe maybe we need to like put in our little agenda, a little agenda. Well, we need to agree, and I like how we're having this conversation while we're actively recording. We need to agree on a day. <laughs> we need a schedule. Well, now that you're going to be starting a big boy job that's more yeah. stable, it's yeah. it'd probably be easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyways, it is what it is. We're here. We've got topics, sort of. So Yay. let's get right into it. Let's start off with a topic that we always talk about and always shit on because mm-hmm. that's just the state of the industry at this point. Suicide Squad, that fucking game, killed the Justice League. Uh, it's been out for how long now? When did they come out again? February second, I think. Yeah, like a month. I want to say. Yeah, yeah, February. Oh, January thirtieth. Sorry, January thirtieth. So a month, oh. a month, a month ago yeah. now. And it has already less than five hundred concurrent players. And Warner Brothers, during a financial call, said, uh, This year, Suicide Squad, one of our key video game releases of 2024, has fallen short of our expectations since its release earlier in the quarter, setting our games business up for a very tough year-over-year comp in Q1. So, yeah, Warner Bros. is not happy that this flopped. They, I mean... They, they're, they're shocked. They're beyond shocked as to why this flopped. Here we go again. Because they're out of touch. Once again, yeah, exactly. Once again, <laughs> studios being out of touch. I think yeah. I think they should have fucking jumped the shark when the creators of Rocksteady said like Quit. yeah we yeah we don't want to be a part of this and like this is our company that we love but this isn't worth it we're going to leave. I think that was probably the like hey maybe we should stop and have a major turning point in the development of this game but no Warner Brothers says oh, go ahead and do it anyways. And we thought we would get a big difference because this got a, a year delay remember? It's got delayed by a whole year, so I mean that's not lots in like game dev time, but like still, you'd think they would have fixed the main issues that people were complaining about when the trailers first dropped like a year or two ago. Yeah, but they didn't, and yeah, Warner Bros is real mad because they made quadrillion, quadrillion, quadrillion trillion dollars with Hogwarts Legacy last year with their big that was their big banger last year, and now they're trying to match that and suicide squad is falling a little bit short <laughs> so Warner Bros is a little bit upset with that i think but, like can we just talk about 
what did did they actually think this game was going to be successful? And I mean, even before they put in, especially like like even before it came out that it was going to be like a live service game. Like, did they, did they really think that the Suicide Squad could carry like a triple A title? To the level of Hogwarts Legacy? No, yeah. absolutely and, not. And, like, I get it. Like, yeah, the Justice League is going to be in it. I just, like, I, I really don't understand the fundamental idea behind killing the Justice League. Like, I get it that, like, Grimdark is so in right now, and it has been, but, like, it, it just seems so tired. Like, you don't, you don't like, remember that joke we made, like, a couple weeks ago, like, Thunderbolts kill the Avengers? Like, that's a stupid idea, too. Like <laughs> people like edgy and grim dark stories, but they don't want to see their favorite characters die. Yeah. Or if they do, like they have to do it ceremoniously and not like, oh yeah, we're gonna kill off like the most beloved character whose game franchise has like basically jump started the superhero video game genre. Like bat, I'm talking about Batman, and then you just kill him off in the most unceremonious way and hint that he could be coming back. So like, it's not even permanent. It's just like, what did you think the, how did you think the fans were going to react to that without even factoring in everything else? Like Harley Quinn, Deadshot, King shark and fucking captain boomerang. Harley Quinn is the only character who would have any pull, but by herself, she's nothing and like this was mm-hmm. it's just not enough i don't understand why they thought this game was going to be successful in the first place it's not enough these characters aren't popular enough and this game wasn't going to make it that way like they got fucking two movies two suicide squad movies and like they're still and one was not... like a remake of the other well not yeah. a remake but like no, a but like a re reboot like hey <laughs> sorry the first one was such fucking garbage and like yeah. and then they like oh let's do the same thing and make a game out of it like i i don't what the fuck is dc thinking like what, what are, are warner get, brothers doing are we gonna get a new suicide squad video game in four years and it'll actually be really good yeah probably yeah, like the other movies. <laughs> i just i don't understand what they were thinking and like with gotham knights like the idea was there that's where they should have fucking pumped the money into because like that being on the hinge of batman is like i i don't know fundamentally to me as a fan of dc in general i just think that like if they had put more love and time it's completely scrapped the suicide squad game and put all those resources into gotham knights you would have had at least one product that's really good now you just have two products that are like one is kind of okay and the other one is absolute dog shit that the fans hate and it has like completely ruined the reputation of your company you killed rocksteady in the process like they literally <laughs> just like they walked through the offices and were like let's just set the whole building on fire anyway yeah, that's that, that essentially what happened so they're down to what 700 players Less than 500, last Jesus. I saw. Less yeah, than 500 players. And the fucking Arkham, like Batman Arkham Knight. Yeah, the whole trilogy has more players right now than... Yeah, and each, that's just Each game Steam. individually has more players, yeah. I so remember it just seeing goes that to show what people want. I just, I, I don't understand what but they were thinking. you don't know what you want, Matt. The companies know what you want. You gotta listen to the companies. You're they right. know best. The shareholders know what <laughs> the I share, want. The shareholders know best. They know what we want. And they'll give us exactly what we want. And but by like that I mean not what we want. <laughs> like 
actually not at all what anybody was asking for. No. But thank you. And like it brings up a good point of like these games, like this game was I just in this article I'm I'm has the quote in it that I just said. It said this game was took nine years to be developed. And it's like you look at all these AAA titles that take forever to like be published. They go through like development hell and all yeah. this shit. They get published and they flop because they're not at all what people want. No. Then you look at these quote unquote shitty asset flip games like Pal World or like a single developer made Lethal Company or yeah. Hell Divers 2 that's popping off right now, even though like it's not my style of game, but regardless, yeah. it's popping off. Yeah. These are games that were made like in less than two years by a handful of devs in their basement and they're popping off like no, no one's ever seen before. And that's because they're making games that people want to play. Not it's only as simple that. as that. Well, well, I mean, yes, that. But like also remember that interview with the creator of Pal World who was like, oh, I had like no idea what I was doing. I just like I had no idea. Nothing, nothing about the future. I just wanted to make a game that was fun. Yeah. And then like, bam, you're the smash hit of 2024. Like it's not hard when you put mm-hmm. fun first, but these execs don't like they're overthinking it mm-hmm. and they're just doing like, I, I, who's coming up with these ideas. I would like to have a conversation <laughs> and just be like, did you think that was smart? Like, I just, I don't know what, what are these writer rooms look like? Like what do, what is this hiring process? Like who's writing these stories? Who's f- coming up with these ideas? Who decided to make it a live service loot shooter? And like, the same if, writers that put in Green Lantern's bio that he's a, one of the good ones. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> Wonder Woman is woke. <laughs> like it's no, just, that was Lex Luthor. Lex yeah, Luthor oh, was woke. Right. Talking about Wonder Woman. <laughs> like, who are they getting to do this? Because it's obviously, it's not any fans of the series. It's not anybody who's worked on any of these characters and they're like years worth of backstories. Okay. Actually, I know know the answer to this. I don't know the name of the company off the top of my head, but I was listening to another podcast. I was talking about this. Yeah. People have tracked it down. It's a company that most video game companies hire out to go over the writing to make sure that it's like to industry standards of like culturally acceptable or whatever, you know, like it's literally like, I guess Twitter would call it like the woke police or whatever, but like it's literally people's job that's like to make it as like acceptable or like open to everyone. And like, yeah, that's the people they hire to like go over this stuff. So it's funny how like shit, like he's one of the good ones gets passed by them. It just, goes by them. Yeah. It comes off as like, <laughs> who, who is this for? Yeah. Because so. it's, it's not for the fans, so you, then you can't be mad when you release it and nobody buys your or plays your fucking game because, like, you didn't ask who wanted this. You just said, like, dinner's on the table, don't be late. And it's like, bitch, <laughs> I got my own money. I'm going to McDonald's. I'll, leave, I'll even stay at home and cook my own dinner. Like, what you're providing, yeah. I don't want, I don't need. Like, yeah, I'll just exactly. go somewhere else. I don't... Are, are execs really that out of touch? Like, I don't understand. I just don't oh, get definitely. it. Oh, definitely. 100%. They've never played a video game in their life. Then wouldn't you want to put this... I just, like, even from a money-making perspective, <laughs> if these if these execs have this, this idea of, like, what they want, you think somebody around the line would be like, hey, maybe this isn't a good idea. Like, maybe... <laughs> yeah, like, this is how we actually make money, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, let's... Like, oh, okay. What made the Arkham series so popular? Okay. 
heavy like influence to the comics like a lot of throwbacks it's basically just like a love letter to batman and i'm talking even like batman arkham origins had more fucking love and care put into the game than uh suicide squad and it's like okay so we've got batman three four if you you know count the prequel like amazing standalone single player like immersive batman games how are we gonna like write off a sequel to this uh squad based loot shooter where you then kill batman like i just what what i i I don't know i think what they do is they gamble on the fact that the live service will, will catch people right they're hoping this is what's happening is Every game's live service is they're throwing shit at the wall and hoping something sticks because the minute something sticks, they've just made themselves a billion dollars, right? Because live service games crank out money for these companies. See, so it's I think in their minds, it's worth a failure two or three or four or five to find one that hits and sticks to the wall because that's when they're, they're going to start making money. They'll make up for the four or five games that failed the, along the way, which sucks, but I think that's what they're mindset is yeah but the problem with these like season-based loot shooter things is like it's not sustainable and we see this conversation all the time like oh the amount of people who are playing pal world has dropped off and like the amount of people who play Baldur's gate has dropped off and it's like yeah because not only does, does that story get wrapped up or you know you you complete all the objectives like once you do everything in pal world there's no reason to keep playing and Mm -hmm. even if there was a reason to keep playing you are now in competition with every single other game that's out on the market and you Mm -hmm. have to think like what will keep the player coming back and like what makes your game like why would i want to play your game instead of trying pal world or trying Baldur's gate or trying literally like what was a game hell divers that just came out Mm -hmm. and like so now I'm kind of tired of your game and I want to try something else, you know? And like, that's what happens with these live service loot shooters is you're, you think that like, Hey, you know, you like this gameplay loop. We got ya, but like, it's, it's never sustainable and it never will be continuously sustainable for the average fan. Of course, there's going to be like diehards who spend like thousands of dollars. And like, I guess that's, who these games are for but like that's <laughs> gotta, gotta reconsider the, your life choices if you're diehard fan of suicide squad kill the justice league no but you know what i mean it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah, every yeah. game like this is gonna have those whales or those people who are like stick oh, yeah, to it 100 but like that is not sustainable no and neither is the cycle of like rehashing content mm-hmm. for the next three months and it's like, no, people don't want that. Even if they do love your game, they have to put it down at some point. And these execs think like, no, we have to keep them playing forever. Like, hook them up. Like, <laughs> like connect them into the matrix type of thing. Like, yeah, people are just going to get tired of your thing, even if they love it. Like, even Dead Island 2, a game that I loved, it's still just a sandbox, you know, like game. And I got tired of it and I stopped playing it. Yeah. Uh, I think they're trying to make people play a game forever when that's not never going to happen. Yeah. Like there is, there is like even games that have surpassed, like what's the word I'm looking for? Like 
surpass time. That's not really the expression, but whatever. Like games like Minecraft that have been around forever. Yeah. People don't play that 24-7. They there's no there's exactly. spurts of it, right? You get it yeah. back into it for a few months, drop it. Get back into it for a few months, drop it. But there's very few games that like Minecraft's the only example I can think of. Minecraft, Roblox are the only kinds of games I can think of that have like surpassed that test of like living on for such a long time. That's yeah. an oddity. That's not the norm. Or Fortnite too. Fortnite. We can throw Fortnite in there now because it's been around for so long. And I, was, I think the perfect like Fortnite is kind of what all of these execs want, right? They oh, want yes. something that is like infinitely renewed to be new. But I don't think you can have another Fortnite in the same space. No. That's the issue. There's exactly. not enough room for a second Fortnite. Like and even other like big season shooters like Apex Legends that are still around, they're not are big, but not as big as Fortnite. No. And the, and what Fortnite has done is like they have paired with literally everybody, anybody they can get their hands on, like fucking yeah. Lady Gaga, like like <laughs> you know what I mean. And she didn't yeah. even know what Fortnite was like years ago, and now she's like she's on the Fortnite train. But how long is this going to last? She's going to have her little her little season, her little performance, or whatever it is, and then it'll be on to the next thing. And then maybe maybe the next celebrity will kind of hop on as like a meme or as a way mm-hmm. to kind of promote their next album. But like. Lady Gaga's not going to be playing Fortnite forever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just, it's unrealistic to think. And even the same people who like were playing Fortnite when it first came out probably aren't playing it now. It's probably new people playing it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, instead of milking your same six fans for the rest of your life, you know, open up and get new fans and have more people come in and that's how they're expanding into all those other different exactly game styles with the guitar hero and the fucking lego survival game they have now so they're expanding and that's exactly what they have to do and if you think about it it's not even it's like fortnite is kind of becoming an umbrella term now and disney disney saw that and was like hey let's get in on this and like (laughs) so that like disney knows what the hell they're doing yeah. Or like at least have a good idea of how the industry should work. But like, I don't know, something like you're not going to just be the next Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Makes I think sense. that thinking like an exec and like how much money you can get out of people completely ruins the integrity of video games as a art entirely. Because then it doesn't matter the message or even the the effort and the love that you put into the game. It doesn't mean jack mm-hmm. shit if at the end of the day, you know, the creator just cares about the bottom dollar. Yeah. And I guess that's a, that's, that's, that's a good segue to move into our next topic here. Uh, the good guys of this shit industry, <laughs> Larian Studios, came out with another banger statement after dissing fucking Ubisoft for that... Uh, Get used They're to owning your cool. games bullshit yeah. <laughs> that happened. Uh, what? Where's the quote again? Uh, psh, I'm trying to find it. I have the link, but yeah, they said uh, we're very lucky because they're, they're just they're talking about how they're an independent studio and they don't have shareholders to like listen to or whatever or care yeah. about. So he said like we don't really think about them because we don't even have them in the first place. It's not there's no big elephant in the room, and then. Uh, 
just goes on and say, but like he's, he's, he feels bad for all the people like would like go because so many people got fired in this industry, like in the last year or whatever. Yeah. Uh, uh, he said, we ask you to pay one price only for the game and that's it. You can own it for the rest of your life. We don't have shareholders. But we don't think about them. Mm-hmm. Honesty lasts the longest or something like that. Expression in Dutch is what he said. Yeah. But I'm trying to find the actual quote that everyone was freaking out about. Um, I mean, while you do that, I'll tell you about what's been going on. We in don't. The, in, oh, go ahead. We don't make decisions where we think this could make us the most money. In the long run, building community, building a player base, building games that are actually fun is going to make you the most money. That's it. Yeah. That's all. And Hell that's yeah. Larian Studios with a W. Again, they know games. Like He found I, he found the way to make capitalism happy for everyone. We get a product <laughs> that we like and they get the money out of our pocket. <laughs> Not just that, but like there's a fucking reason it's game of the year and it's because effort everybody involved in that project had like a personal stake in it like they cared mm. it wasn't just like a job to them like even the main like v- cast of vas they're like all over mm-hmm. social media about how much they love and they're influ- like they're like in the comments like talking to the fans and like it's it's a passion project for them and i forget Wait, what i was gonna say chinese spyware has 30 percent stake in their company <laughs> Uh, in the article I'm reading is just like Larian Studios does technically have a single shareholder. Tencent apparently owns 30% of their company. I didn't know that. Mm. Fucking Chinese spyware over here. We but apparently Tencent. it's called a preference. They have a preference share, meaning they have no voting rights and have no say in the direction of the company. Oh, uh, okay. So it's just Good. an ownership. So yeah. just take money, but don't yeah. really say anything. And then the CEO and his wife own their last 70%. <laughs> So, so yeah, single shareholder, shareholder, yeah. but like has no say, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I was going to say what's going on in the Baldur's Gate 3 community right now is fans are messaging developers like personal, like not, they're not like adding Larian Studios. They are finding people who worked on the game and harassing them about like mods and shit. So Larian had to come out uh, with a statement. I don't have it. I'm just kind of going off of memory of what I've seen, but they had to like come out with a a statement saying like, Hey, um, we're going to be talking about mod support coming up, but as it stands, we are still fixing, you know, bugs and like these hot fixes and these patches that we're putting out. We are focused on the game first and anything modding, like we're not even in that realm of conversation yet because like we're still fixing the game. And, like, messaging developers is unacceptable. And it just, like, makes me think, like, I do kind of feel bad for these games that kind of blow up. And then you have fans, like, fans acting like fans. Like, people being on Twitter posting death threats to developers of games because of, like, I want to date Astarian and you broke my mod with this update. Like, how (laughs) fucking crazy are you? And the fact that modding in general is like uh, it's like I'm I'm gonna this this is a weird comparison, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna compare it to like drug use, where like you can have a couple drinks if you want, or like you can use mods if you want, but anything that happens is your responsibility, and it's like not the responsibility of the developers. So mm-hmm. if your game breaks because you were using mods, you don't get to turn around and message the mods and and or message the the developers and shit on them because of something that they didn't even know existed you know like that's just yeah, crazy some, to me it's not their problem mods are community made so 
And the thing is, like, this is a fucking single-player game. So, mm-hmm. like, what are you getting in such a tizzy about? I know people, like, <laughs> modding is huge in Final Fantasy fourteen, And then because it's an online game, like, uh, Square Enix had to come out and, like, say what their guidelines were with modding. And, like, for the general part of it, it's like, yeah, like, you know don't go advertising your mods in any open public channels and we'll leave you alone and we'll like let you have them and do it or whatever. But like if you start harassing people, the studio will come out and outright like ban you from Mm -hmm. using the game because like technically modding the game is against terms of service. And I'm pretty sure there'd be something similar in the Baldur's Gate, like, you know, terms of service that you like sign up for when you agree to like, you you know, Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I'm trying to say. The like, yeah. When you use this game, you don't have any permission to alter its files or any anything like that, and that's what modding is. So Larian is being extremely patient with these people and not just outright saying like, if you post anything about mods, we're just gonna fucking, I don't know, ban you. Like they can't yeah. really do anything. No, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. People are just people are too much. Relax. Seems like. You were mad all day today about people on the internet, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just... Anyways. Uh, grumpy. Grumpy boy today. We can move on to the next topic. We'll stay, we'll stay a little bit yeah. negative. We'll channel that negative energy and put it towards something new. Um, Our good old topic of AI. If we're not talking about shitting on the gaming industry, we can talk about shitting on AI. This is a bit old now at this point, but you want to talk about Sora, the new open AI video creator now sure i haven't heard of it yes you did shut the fuck up i literally showed it to you here i'll send you a link yeah this is their website right now click on it everything on that website was made by ai and it is crazy it is insane and it is dangerous but hell yeah brother so open ai made um the same people behind chat gpt made sora which is a text to video creator uh, that creates extremely realistic scenes from instructions and prompts. So just like how you have like the text, the pictures or the prompts, the pictures, whatever this makes videos though. And have you taken a look, taken a look at the videos? Yeah, I'm I'm on the site. Yeah. This is crazy. God damn brother. This, this is coming. This is on the horizon. They're testing it right now. See, we don't, Everything like, on this site has been been made with AI. Like I, all these videos. Don't get me wrong. I think it is a marvel of technology. I just don't think the general public is ready for it. And I don't think we will be. No, definitely not. And they do have a section on their website that talks all about the safety and how they're trying to like prevent this from being used for evil. Because the first thing that's going to happen when this gets released is just, you know... Political Taylor fakes. Swift porn, or that. Well, what did you say? <laughs> I said political fakes. <laughs> oh yeah, that too. Yeah, political fakes and like celebrity porn is what's going to happen first yeah. and foremost. And the fact that it's this realistic, yeah. like you can't even like the shadows no. are perfect. The, there's yeah. no clipping. There's no like extra fingers. Like it's insane. So like it's crazy that they're able to pull something like this off. Oh, there's a little or, bit of. There's, I'm watching a video now of a dog. It's a Dalmatian. 
Yeah. And it's like on I'll a window sill. Yeah. yeah. So the tongue is really weird. The like Yeah, the, the tongue glitches out, yeah. But yeah. besides but that I mean other than that, you would not be able to tell that it's AI. Holy shit. The tail also glitches through the window. At like six seconds. In. So like it's almost picture perfect though. You just yeah. had a quick glance though, you wouldn't be able to tell. And to the average person, they're not looking for this stuff, right? When you're on social no, media, exactly. you're not looking at every video analyzing like this. We are because we know it's AI. But if you didn't know it was AI, you wouldn't be looking for this stuff. Even the pictures that are very obviously AI, if you go on any social media, like especially like Instagram or something, and you go to the comments, people don't know. They mm-hmm. don't even know it's AI. And it, like even when it's blar- like glaringly obvious that it is. So seeing something like this, like... People will believe anything in the first place. So when you have something that is like almost accurate to reality, it's oh, like I'm kind of scared for the children. Like well, growing you know up, the, you know the saying: "Seeing is believing." Well, goddamn it, brother, seeing is no longer believing it because <laughs> uh, at this point, you can't even like confirm with your own two eyes whether something is AI or not anymore. Yeah, and it's, like. You and I are like kind of smart. We're tuned in. We know we know what's going on. We know the AI is being developed. Like your mom or my parents would have no idea. No, exactly. So that's and the that's scary what scares part. me the most. Yeah, exactly. Of like and now you can hey, um write a prompt of, you know, uh a person at a bank in- giving instructions on how to open a bank account and then send that to an old person and then bam they just gave you their bank credentials mm-hmm. because it looked like you sent them a professional video from an estab- like from an institution like yeah god it's terrifying i just want to read a little bit their safety section here they're saying they're taking important safety steps before making SOAR available um they're working with red teamers domain experts in areas of, in- of mm-hmm. like misinformation hateful content and bias who will test the model adversarially uh, what they're doing is they're uh, building tools to help detect misleading content prompts, such as detection classifiers that can tell when a video was generated by Sora. We also plan to include metadata into the videos, like, I guess. As like a signature. Yeah, the signature. Yeah. And then, of course, they said they're going to put all the existing safety methods that already exist for DALI, which is their picture one, into this, obviously. And then they're going to keep updating their text classifiers so that no one can put like prompts that are related to violence, sexual content, hateful imagery, anything that has to do with celebrities, IPs. But I mean, other. how, how long is this going to last before people find loopholes? Yeah, that's the issue. I think on one hand it's going to be easier, but on, on, on the other hand, it's, it's going to be not as easy because Sora and Dali are just prompts, the pictures or prompts, the videos, right? Yeah. I think people managed to get around that. What were the Taylor Swift like leaks like Dali made? I don't think I don't think it was ever confirmed. But like, I don't know. I think people get around it with like the Chat GPT because Chat GPT is designed to be like a like a what do you call it? Like a conversation. So like, true. Yeah. People just like keep pushing and pushing and pushing until the AI just gives up and like gives it to you because like yeah, it's it takes it out what of it's programmed to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Dali's built into Chat GPT, and that's why we have that issue. So. It, if they find a way to like keep Sora separate from this, I think it'd be easier for them to run these like classifiers or like these auto detection for like words where the, the robot just says no, you know, there's no yeah. conversation happening. You just no, it's not going to generate this. So there's no way of really tricking it unless you, I don't know, find some super long prompt. 
See, I think like? we need to muzzle it even sooner than that and not make it available to the public at all. Yeah, at all. No, it's not like you need like a license and you need yeah. like it's got to be used like for business. And if you were found using it for any other purpose, like you lose your uh, not rights, but you like you forfeit your. <laughs> No, I'm you like I'm 100. Not not like no, your rights to use the software. Like yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Is like it. That's where that's how it should be handled, and like that's how AI should have been handled entirely in the first place. In my opinion, it should never be in public. Like, do it you should even, never be. Do you trust to the companies public. with it though? Either uh, no, but it's a start, <laughs> right? Because yeah. like if we just put it in anybody's hand, like. People who are a lot smarter than me are going to know how to abuse the system. Mm-hmm. Or if you if if it's easily available, you will have groups of people who will f- literally just focus on that. Like, God, yeah, this bitch is walking in Tokyo, and like, it's crazy. That one is the so blemishes good. on her skin. Like you can see, like the pores. The- it's fucking insane. Yeah, the it's reflection crazy. in the sunglasses, like. It is all these videos are just so good. Even like on that same like like reflections uh, in the water. The one with the was you like you're one of nine right now, right? With the lady. Yeah, yeah. If you move over by two, there's like the mammoth, and then there's like the astronaut one. The astronaut one too is crazy. Like the level of detail and like how realistic it looks. Facial hair, yeah. And it's like the craziest like prompts too. It's just a literally movie trailer featuring the adventures of the 30 year old spaceman wearing a red wool knitted motorcycle helmet like it's just super specific random details and it yeah works so well so this is happening it's 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 here it's live it's happening right now like don't get me wrong i think it's great and i think it's wonderful but i just i know for a fact that it's going to be used maliciously and this is one of those things morally i cannot support it this is the prime example of why we can't have nice things. No, exactly. Because <laughs> it is a nice thing, but yeah. we just can't have it because we know society. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, but it just, it's astonishing to look at it and just say, wow, no one, this was not filmed in real life or this was not made in like Blender or whatever. This was yeah. a computer that spit this out in like a few minutes, which is crazy. But hey. I guess it's happening and there's nothing we can really do about it at this point. So, yeah. Anyways, we can move on to the next topic here. Um, sure. Do I want to stay negative a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll stick ne- negative before going to something a little bit more positive. Uh, this is more of like a two second topic. I don't want to spend more than like 60 seconds on this, but uh, Berlin season two, baby. <laughs> <laughs> It right, got we're renewed. Done. Moving on to the next. We got, <laughs> we got renewed. I don't. Is it still going to take place? Like, yeah, pretty before cool. before he dies. Before yeah, money heist. Yeah, because they, they, they would do they would do the season two after he dies. Yeah. How much are they going to like squeeze into this? Like eight episodes of just him dead in a fucking co- a coffin. Like, what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> but no, everyone's returning too. The whole crew's coming back too. Apparently. The whole crew of Berlin One? Yeah, Berlin One. Okay. And it's going to start filming in 2025. So it's not even going to come out to like 2020, oh. like 6, 2027 at the earliest. Yeah. Which is slow, but whatever. 
But hey, it's coming back because we we love it, man. We loved it. Woo! It was so so cool. And now we can f- move on to a more <clears throat> sorry positive topic. Um, Matt and I started watching a show. Or oh yeah, I guess I got late Matt to the party. watching it. Late to the party, but kind of not because we're gonna catch up in time for the second half of season two of mm-hmm. Invincible. So I finally got Matt to sit down in front of a screen to watch the show. <laughs> we watched all of season one. We watched the Adam Eve uh, prequel, which episode I liked better because woman. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I'm just girly, <laughs> I'm just girly Bob. <laughs> yeah. And then we're going to be watching the first half of season two, because it's the only part that's out. And then we'll be all caught up. So thoughts, Matt. Give your thoughts, because you're the one watching it for the first time. So. Yeah. I, it's, okay, I wasn't really expecting it to be that fucking violent and gory. <laughs> Like, even I felt... You know how I am with gore? When it's, like, real-life gore, I, like, get excited. I, even I was uncomfortable with Omni-Man's little smackdown at the beginning there. Like, it's just... It's very brutal. Yeah. It's not a kid's show, man. <laughs> oh, no, not... Well, and that's the thing. is like, obviously, it's... It's, like... Obviously, it's not a kid's show. But also, like, it kind of follows the formula of like a regular like teen superhero show so yeah, it is kind of, a... yeah it is it's very jarring when like suddenly it gets like real you know and like, i think it's kind of by design yeah yeah it's a coming of life story i guess for like like every other fucking like superhero startup like <laughs> starting up for the first time but then it it's very realistic though in the yeah. sense that like yeah you can't help everybody and innocent people are gonna die on your hands and like sometimes it, like i feel like they do kind of like brush over thing on like a surface level of like this is really fucking traumatic but like let's just move on to the next thing but it's like you have to because it's a tv show but like yeah i don't know it would be cool if the impact was like even heavier Ma- sorry mm-hmm. left a heavier toll on the characters that's like my yeah. one very, very minor criticism. But I mean, to keep the story going, like you can't just focus on like, oh my God, I saw an old lady die for like three episodes. Like, so like I do. Yeah, get- I think I think it's a fine balance of like trying to make the emotions get across in the characters at the same time, like trying to make it still be a superhero show. Right. Like people don't want a superhero show just to be about like man emotions, you know, or whatnot. Exactly. Yeah. So like it's, it's trying to find that fine balance. But yeah, I, I agree. But I think part of that, too, is also the fact that like it's. It's kind of just part of the world, right? Yeah, but I mean, I also just, I was going to say, it sounds a bit like a cop out, but like the fact that it is a cartoon kind of plays into that a little bit too, right? It has, it has that like fast pacing that most cartoons have that Uh, a normal show doesn't. And I think that's just by design, I guess, right? Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be faster paced and it's supposed to be a lot, it's supposed to be a lot more comic booky. So like, I mean, it Go, sorry, go ahead. I was just say, watch, watch. We're complaining about the one thing that Robert Kirkman did with the Walking Dead TV show that everyone hated. Exactly. <laughs> like everyone but got I mean, mad that the Walking Dead was all about like characters and like all their bitching and moaning, and now he like takes us out of Invincible, and then everyone's bitching and moaning about the fact that they have no like emotions or like they get yeah. over things quickly. 
I wonder if and, it's like a well, course correction for him, like over course, <laughs> overcorrected. Exactly. And like I said, like it's a very, very, very minor thing. And it's like, yeah. of course, in this media, you aren't really afforded that amount of time to sit on these concepts. But like yeah. just the fact that it it, it addresses them mm-hmm. yeah. and then you don't really get a full kind of the full effect of it. It is cool. And, and I wouldn't be surprised I, if this first season was also... Part of that reasoning might be just budget, right? Do you want to animate a scene where it's just talking? You know, like when you can spend the money on bigger scenes. something. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And it's good. Because, yeah, animation is more expensive than just filming a normal scene. And I mean, you can tell the animation step up between the first season and even like the Adam Eve. The Adam uh, Eve. Yeah. Short. Because like spoilers if you haven't seen it obviously um but it's been out for a while now so uh like the clones of eve like just how much more detailed they are compared to like other characters even in the first season and Mm -hmm. like like the bits of flesh and like gore just kind of falling off of them Mm -hmm. and just like you just see more of it and like the action scenes too are just more fluid yeah yeah but like I was I like in my mind like the first season you could kind of tell it was less budget e cuz even the gore was less it was just kind of just blood splatter. Yeah. Whereas now it's like okay we're, we see entrails, we see limbs, we like we see the visceral like even worse. Mm-hmm. So now that the budget is increasing, I think that it could be like even just using the gore as like to show how traumatic this world is is going to improve in the second season. Yeah. And like, as someone that's already seen like the sec- first half of the second season, yeah. it, 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 they does widen, it does that, but they also widen the scope of this whole world, like in a certain way, like they introduce like a whole new, like, I was going to say set of characters, but like they, they, they make the world even bigger and like, there's more, uh, world building i guess in a sense it's hard to get into it like without spoiling it to you but like yeah. it's it's bigger There's, i mean that's more good to hear, at stake i guess yeah yeah that's my favorite thing is like world building mm-hmm. and like lore like you can have these characters and these plots and these stories but like i in my opinion if you don't connect to it and like understand where they're coming from it's kind of mm-hmm. but yeah no it, it definitely like like even even the characterization is really well done. Kind of. I don't like Mark. And I I don't know if you're supposed to like Mark. Bro's hating the main character. No, just because, like, he is a stand-in for the viewer in the sense that, like, he's still learning the ropes of this world, too, right? Like, he mm-hmm. is you. But just, like, some of the things he says and does is, like, who wrote this? Because that, the whole bit about, like... Okay, he goes on a date with this chick and buys like a rice separator and like he's Asian American. <laughs> that really that really took it out for me. That like <laughs> the you fact really that, like, got stuck up on no, that. I yeah, no, but just because like even Steven, like half the fucking cast they got in is all like uh, like not just white people. So like I don't I just he goes on a date with this chick in like Chinatown and they, he like goes to buy her something, but it's expensive. So he gets her a rice separator and he doesn't know what it is. And he himself is Asian American <laughs> voiced by Steven Yoon and his mom is voiced by Sandra. Oh, and it's just like, come on, come on, Robert Kirkman, get your shit together. Like, he would, he would know what that is. But I mean, like 
You want to talk about how, like, just you're talking about like the cast for a second. You want to talk about like they they popped off with the fucking cast. Oh, so. that's yeah. That's where all it's the fucking budget insane. went. No yeah, wonder they, it was like kind of cheaply animated because they got literally every fucking like A list celebrity. They got the fucking Mark Hamill to come in and do like three lines. <laughs> yeah. Not really, but like yeah, like, yeah. cameo characters like up up the wazoo, and not just like your typical voice actor cameo characters. Like you've like Gray Delisle and like. The assholes from Rick and Morty were in there, but like <laughs> Ezra Miller, like, yeah, fucking Ezra Miller is a side <laughs> character. But like even characters like Nicole Byer, who's like a comedian, and mm-hmm. you have characters who like, I mean, J.K. Sim- J.K. Simmons has really popped off with his voice acting. I guess yeah. in the last fucking five years, he's become like a big ticket name. But like Sandra O, oh, she's Sandra like oh. an award winning actress. Like the guy from Brooklyn Nine Nine plays Rex. Yeah. Um, the chick from Joker plays Amber. Yeah. So many huge, like, names. It's, bi- just... like, it's big celebrity names. And normally, like, <laughs> I don't really care for, like, just slotting in celebrities. But it kind of, again, it it kind of works. Because in a way, Invincible is kind of self, I don't want to say it's self-aware, but, like, it definitely exists on, like, a meta level where like they very much are aware that this is like a superhero show and then they like there are things that you're just like oh okay it's a superhero show and then there are other times where you're like oh my god i can't believe like this is just supposed to be a silly superhero show you know like and i think that's where the comparisons with the boys comes into play it's very it's meta in this in similar ways yeah Yeah, kind of meta in some well not similar ways but like kind of similar still yeah well Uh, okay so I find Invincible is genre meta, whereas like The Boys is kind of political parody meta. Yeah, yeah. And that's the difference, but like similar approaches are taken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even like here, you say like it's 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 uh parody of like the superhero genre. Yeah. But like it's still like a very serious story too at the same time. While, exactly. Oh, it's yeah. yeah it's pl- it plays it straight while also mm-hmm. being aware of itself. Yeah. I was going to ask does... you, but I think you kind of answered the question already. Who's your favorite character, Adam Eve? I mean, I think Adam Eve is the most relatable. Mm. And then like seeing her little background, it even makes like more sense. Like, oh yeah, her parents were like fucked up, fucked up. Not just like, <laughs> not just like a little you know shitty parents it's like oh no they're like fucked in the head weird but i yeah i i think it's adam eve just because like I, something about that if i had superpowers i would probably feel the same way it was like why am i mm-hmm. like why am i waiting for the next like villain of the month when i can <laughs> use my if i had the power to like make food and like water can she make water yeah i think so if I had the power to like warp reality, I wouldn't be using it to like beat the shit out of Martians. <laughs> yeah. I would use it to help people like, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, but I mean, like invincible is a good, like coming. It feels very in vain with like Spider-Man or like, Oh yeah, yeah for sure. But, you can see, but and I mean like very this mature, is, this goes back to your whole thing about like being a parody of the genre. It's like, yeah, it very clearly is pulling from all these coming of age stories for like all these superheroes that like all these yeah. characters have. Like Spider Man had the same story. Um, who else? I don't know. Flash I think had a similar like starting story mm-hmm. or whatever. It's all the same shit. And then like 
they even like reference that kind of stuff with like uh the guardians of the globe you yeah. know each character in that group was like a parody or like a copy clone of justice league right yeah not even not even a parody like they're they are very much their own characters they're like obviously they don't they don't last very long but like you can see that they do each have like their own yeah i'm just saying like the inspiration comes from there exactly oh yeah so that people can make the links right away right like immortal is superman uh dark knight or whatever his name is is batman yeah uh fish dude is aquaman yeah Yeah, exactly so you can clearly catch the links there and then so yeah you definitely immediately kind of it's very smart in the sense that it's mm -hmm. like playing off those tropes of what you'd expect to see yeah and even like they're i can't even it's not even much of a rogue gallery but like the one-off villains they fight all the time Yeah. yeah like you have like robot head or whatever his name is it's just like a clear ripoff of like black mask from batman yeah (laughs) and stuff like that yeah what kind of shocked me though was and this again spoilers the uh the whole like smackdown where like what's her name goblin girl or whatever almost dies monster girl and i yeah monster girl and the other black guy i don't even know his name swanson I think Swanson or Samson Swanson. or whatever. Samson, yeah, Samson. Yeah. yeah. Where, like, I thought for sure they were going to die. And it did feel kind of cheap to see them come back. Mm-hmm. Because up until that point, like, they fucking kill off their version of the Justice League in, what, the first episode? Yeah. Well, it's so a plot like, device that sets up the whole season, so yeah. Yeah. So it just kind of puts you in this mentality that, like, okay, everyone is fucking expendable. Like Mm -hmm. you're here one second and then Omni Man just literally rips you in two and you're you're done. But Mm -hmm. then there's a lot of characters like coming back from the dead or like they just plot armor keeps them alive. Yeah, true. And like I get some of that. There's more of their story to come, but like I was half expecting you know some characters to actually die when there's a huge fight and sometimes they do and sometimes they don't so they even like subvert your expectations there so Mm. it's good and it definitely like i like it i think it's great it's refreshing even though it's so referential and meta Mm -hmm. it's still refreshing Mm -hmm. so and i think season two brings it in like a direction that most people weren't expecting but also is really really good and i haven't read the comics but people that have read the comics are like super pumped for like all of season two to come out because apparently this is when like shit really hits the fan. So mm-hmm. well, it'll be interesting to money. see. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, and hopefully there will not be any more three to four year gaps between seasons. Uh, Robert Kirkman said there wouldn't. The only reason why there was a gap between the first and second season was COVID and then trying to get a team together to like animate it and yeah. all that. But now that they have all that established, he said that they should be able to crank out seasons like regularly now. Wow. So hopefully you'll be able to keep up. But it would be cool if they did like those one-off spin-off prequels or whatever. It's like all the main cast, you know, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Like, like Invincible, the- Adam Eve, and then like, I don't know, like the other people that are part of the, whatever they're called now, the crew, the new Guardians of the Globe. Yeah. How they all got their powers. Yeah. Yeah. Although, and like, it's, it's funny that you're saying that because that just goes to show that 
these characters are are well written, and even though like the, they're just like minor characters, you want to you want to know their lore. You want more of mm-hmm. them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Although, like, Not, some of them don't really have powers. I guess like Rex Plode doesn't have any powers. <laughs> doesn't he? Like, I don't understand. He just throws shit. He, he throws his little bombs. That's all he does. So why is he like? And then like robot. Also, isn't really powers. It's just like technology. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, kind of being a hive mind. That's a a unique concept in yeah. terms of like powers. Mm. But it's it's also very much like just because you have powers doesn't mean you have to like be on the front lines, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, no, it's definitely cool. Very yeah. refreshing. Well, there's your review from Matt on Invincible Woo. Baby. I can't wait for the second season. And we can watch half of it for now until the 16th. And then the other half comes out. Woo! I like don't want to look anything up because I don't want to be spoiled. Don't. (laughs) That's why this opinion is mildly ignorant. (laughs) We will watch season two (laughs) soon. Yeah. All right. And for the last topic, I guess, of the day, we'll finish off with something... Kind of goofy, kind of not. I don't know. Uh, it's a short topic. Um, I think I've sent this to you, so you already probably know, but there's apparently big talks right now for Nicolas Cage to come play Spider-Man in Spider-Man yeah. Noir in live action. So apparently he's the voice actor for Spider-Man Noir. In, and, yeah, in the Across the Spider-Verse yeah. But there's serious talks of bringing him in to do a live action Spider-Man or You see, I don't like Nicolas Cage, <laughs> yeah. but this could easily very work, like work very well. Because even like even his character of like Spider Noir is very Nicolas Cage. Like it's yeah. kind of a match made in heaven. And <laughs> I wouldn't want to see like a whole Spider-Man noir film, but like having him show up as a cameo I, would be like fucking perfect. Like as an old Peter, like, cause he's what world war two. Yeah. The like story behind Spider-Man noir. Mm. Uh, yeah. So, like, during, during the Great depression. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean like I could see this working very well. Like meh. I don't like him, but I know that it's, a smart thing. <laughs> and yeah, like Nicholas Cage is, is very uh controversial figure, I guess. You either love yeah. him or you hate him. <laughs> True. I mean, with the with the movies he's made, I guess. I really just like <laughs> I don't think he's good. I like I give him props cuz obviously he loves what he's doing. But it's it's He's not my flavor. That's it. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah. I don't hate him, but like like I said, like I just... I guess we I can don't. kind of talk about this as is adjacent, because we can just ramp up with this. Madam Web. Oh, God. Sp- speaking of Spider-Man, that <laughs> movie is already dead in the water. It's already dropped to like fifth place in the box office rankings. It's it's, it's kaput. It's, it's, it's gone. It's So I want to bring up, and I don't know if we've <laughs> talked about it on the pod. Maybe we did. Now that I'm thinking about it. I think I talked about it of actors being told that they're going to be in Marvel movies and then getting picked <laughs> up for Sony's shit. Have we talked about this? I don't think so. Cause I think Sydney Sweeney 
who was one of the like side characters. You know who Sydney Sweeney is, though, right? She's yeah. In, like Euphoria, or she's popping off with the kids. Yeah. Um, I think I read her. again. This is mildly ignorant. I think I read somewhere that like she was told or she believed that it was going to be like a Marvel movie. And then it ended up being like Sony. I mean, technically it still is. I mean, like, (laughs) well, but like, imagine your your agent comes to you and tells you like, Hey, we have an opportunity for you to be a part of the MCU or like the, like Marvel cinematic expanded universe or whatever. Right. And like, then you get picked up for fucking Madam web of a movie. (laughs) And that's probably why Dakota Johnson fired her agent. (laughs) Yeah. Oh Yeah. Dude, that video you sent me the few a few days back was the funniest clip in the world where she gets like, gets a comic book from the guy that's <laughs> interviewing her and it looked like she wanted to get fucking shot right then in the spot. Yeah. <laughs> so I like just, the guy took like a what was like a first edition Madam Web comic book. He's like, Have you ever seen this? And like Dakota Johnson's like pretending like even give remotely a yeah, fuck. Exactly. <laughs> she pretends to even like she uh, it's just so funny watching her and like <laughs> I feel bad for any legit fans of Madam Web, but like watching Dakota Johnson, like in her press tour for this, is the funniest fucking thing. Like, she couldn't give less of a shit. Yeah, exactly. She just doesn't care, and like that—that's just how Dakota Johnson is all the time. Um, but like, on like on one hand, I feel bad for the fans who like you mm-hmm. know actually wanted a Madam Web movie because you know out there somewhere like. Yeah, some someone it, it's their favorite character. So to see it kind of be the Batman Forever of our generation, mm-hmm. I actually didn't know she was the lead in all the Fifty Shades of Grey movies. Yeah, and put two and two together. I mean, it's not like I, that's not like it's my. I'm the targeted <laughs> audience for that movie, anyways. That's why I never noticed. But yeah, but I mean, like Dakota Johnson is also just very forgettable, ne- like nepotism. No, just like forgettable. Like she just looks like. Oh, she looks every like other every person. Woman. Yeah, like yeah. every other person you can, you can imagine. I guess. Like I don't know. There's no yeah. like defining features or anything there. So like, that's probably why I forgot. But yeah, all our interviews are just hilarious about Madame Web. Not and even like, just Madame Web. Like she did this interview. It was like a tour of her house or whatever. And she, I'll send you the video after the pod. But like she talks about, like she's like, oh. I like to just leave out a bowl of lot. Like she's lying. Everything, every single thing she says in this like video tour of her house, she lies. It's not even her house. Like it's, it's the funniest fucking thing. Like she's just, it's like improv. It's on for her. And it's like, that's just who she is as a person is like, she's so ridiculous and just like, doesn't give a shit. But like in a way that is like so funny. She's married to the singer of Coldplay. Yeah, Chris Martin. Yeah. Yeah. That's so 2017, funny. apparently. Yeah. But yeah, it's just so funny. Like, I, I love the clip where she's like, they asked her if it was going to be a good move. She's like, I have no fucking clue. I acted 99% of it in front of a blue screen. That <laughs> like, is also just... funny and very telling. And also very much like, I see people kind of like shitting on her, but like, the state of these like m- like Marvel movies and just like superhero movies in general, where it's literally like, remember the stories coming out of like, um, like Robert Downey Jr. and Tom Holland, uh, like mm. reading for Marvel movies, and it's like they are given their script like the day of, they mm-hmm. they like character names are blacked out, so they're literally just acting to nobody behind a green screen. Like, how how are they expected to 
do a good job mm-hmm. and like put their whole fucking pussy into it when the <laughs> studios can't even give them sets or props because everything is fucking CGI now. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't take criticism of actors of these movies seriously anymore because no, no, it's yeah. like, like, are you kidding me? Like, you're telling me like and like yes to avoid leaks and shit but like you're telling me tom holland didn't even like he got the script that day and acted like that's just ridiculous that's like i i don't know if i was like if this was my career and i get to work and they hand me the script for the day when like typically you're like studying this script for months before you go to shoot your scenes right like it's i don't know it sounds like a fucking joke so sure Mm. Let Dakota Johnson turn it into a fucking joke and like let's all laugh because obviously if the execs in the studios aren't going to put in the money or the effort, why the fuck should the the talent? No, exactly. Yeah, it's it's it, ridiculous. I mean, it's just a, it's a factory now. Marvel. It's yeah. just a churning yeah. factory of spitting out content. So I get it. I get why they're doing that, but like it's not good. Not, no, it's like, not. It's hurting like, the quality. Well, like like I said about live service games as a product, it's the same thing. It's ruining the integrity of cinema. And of course, people were saying this when the first fucking Iron Man movie came out and like jump started the MCU in the first place. People mm-hmm. were saying it back then, but like at least then, you know, there were sets and like <laughs> like props and like actors were acting to each other. But now it's mm-hmm. just like sit me in a green like sit me in a green room and i'll I'll fucking be in the next marvel movie i'll be (laughs) spider-man like the amount of cgi you won't even fucking know the difference like it's just ridiculous so yeah it's upsetting yeah this has been a very negative podcast hell yeah brother that's the title (laughs) the negative podcast the negative episode the negative episode that's the episode right there and with that we're gonna wrap here because it's our hour in So thank you for listening, everyone. Make sure to follow us on social media and we'll be back next Monday in two weeks. (laughs) No, next Monday for sure. Yeah. And by next Monday, I mean one day in two weeks, but next Mm -hmm. Monday for sure (laughs) for another episode of the Miley Ignorant Podcast 111. That's going to be crazy. Make a wish. (laughs) Bye.